0: We're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, It's Complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen.
1: And I am Rob.
0: So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials, Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them.
1: Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game.
0: Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Speaking of friends, you'll notice one of our very dear friends, Rob Evers, is actually absent from the village of It's Complicated today, and that's because he is gallivanting on his luxurious trip that he won from his stint on Wheel of Fortune. So while we miss him, of course, and his very, very unique Rob perspective, we are excited to hear all about his trip when he gets back. And obviously, fingers are crossed that he finds love along the way. And on the subject of love, sometimes having sex just isn't in the cards. I know people think that it'll never be you. You'll never be in a relationship where... Sex is few and far between. It just won't happen. You can't even imagine a world where that happens if you're in love with somebody. Well, guess what? Maybe your work schedule is crazy. Maybe you have kids and minimal private time. Maybe you just aren't feeling sexy because of an emotional issue or you might just be in a rut. Whatever the reason is, it happens to all of us. We can read all of the getting in the mood tips out there. In fact, we just did a show based on that very topic. You know you listened. And while these tips are helpful and relevant, you might need to take a different route if you're looking for intimacy.
1: Yeah, you guys, you know, you might be looking for just different ways to connect with your partner. And you should know that sex is really not the only way to create intimacy. I know we've also talked about this on the show that sex can give people kind of like anxiety and there's pressure and there's a lot of um you know outside things that prevent people from even getting feeling sexy and getting to actually have sex so This could be another great way in, takes the pressure off, because you guys can actually get intimate without having sex. So one of our past guests, Dr. Elizabeth Frederick, we love her, you love her, follow her on the gram. She's always keeping it real on Instagram, and she has inspired us with another great post about this very subject. So we are going to list all of the ways that you can find intimacy outside of sex, why we think these examples are crucial to a healthy relationship, and then we're going to dive into tips about what we do in our relationships and what we don't do in our relationships and why these tips can help us as well. Let's talk about sex. Uh, well, actually, let's just talk about intimacy, baby. Let's get into it.
0: Here are some ways that intimacy can present themselves outside of sex. This is what it looks like, okay? dreaming together about hopes and desires for the future. Now, while that sounds cliche and a little Hallmarky, you know I love a Hallmark movie, dreaming yeah. together is actually super intimate because you vocalize what each person's looking for, you're establishing you will actually have a future, and you can build upon it together. It's like a project you're working on you know, in conjunction with the other person who you want to build that future with. So it's actually pretty intimate because you have to really know the other person or get to know what the other person is looking for and talk it out.
1: So dreaming together, you don't actually have to align on the dream either. So there's two ways to connect on this, which is also cool. If somebody, if your partner expresses their dreams to you, that's obviously intimate for them to be getting into that vulnerable, state and saying, Hey, these are my like deep, deep, dark dreams. Right. Or like whatever. And you can support them if you don't share that dream. And that's a way to connect. But if you actually align and you want to do this thing together, like maybe it's starting a business or going traveling the world, then you guys can connect together on the level of, you can both be a part of it and share it together. So there's different ways to, to connect on dreaming and you don't have to share the same dream.
0: Exactly. So I personally do this with Daniel all the time. And I think it feeds really well into my need for plans. He also likes plans. So dreaming together is actually something we both get really excited about. And I think dreaming, you know, it could be like, what do we see for long term, like 10 years from now? Or it could just be like, what kind of life do we want to have together? Like, are we the type that vacation often or... You know, do we wanna have kids? Do we see ourselves moving? Things like that. So just examples of dreams can like your point, you know, they could be different or they could come in any form, what have you. It's I think it's fun. Do you guys do that?
1: Yeah, we totally do it. And it doesn't stop just because like you're in seven years into a relationship because things are constantly evolving. What are things gonna look like in a couple of years? Like we do we wanna move? What the business that we wanna start, all those things. So yeah, we totally do this all the time and have since we met and it's Um, we both like get very excited talking about these things. So I, I think it's great advice because we do actually connect.
0: Awesome. Well, and then if let's just say you do have sex, you know, connecting physically and emotionally after sex is as important. And it's like for me and my, you know, perspective of it all, it's like kind of sealing in whatever the emotional connection was during the act of sex is like, you know, cuddling and even maybe talking about the sex, if you will, or like just staying close and connected. So it's not so much like, um, just like kind of animalistic, but then also has the emotional connection after by like really keeping the, like your skin close or like smelling each other and not in a creepy way, but like, (laughs) uh, You're just that close kind of way. But I mean, for Daniel and I, we really like to watch like our favorite shows and then like laugh about it. So we kind of shift gears pretty quickly. Like, you know, it's hot and heavy, but then we go into something that like we stay connected with, like keeping it light and like talking about things we like and laugh at and things like that. So I don't know if if that's something that you guys do too, but you don't always, you know, I would assume people don't also always have time to sit around and connect even further thereafter sex. Because if we're talking about ways to create intimacy outside of sex, sometimes the sex itself might take up all the free time you have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think just like, you know, a short connection, like physically or emotionally, like a conversation before maybe to, it would be helpful to like sort of set the mood in a, like a very slight way. Like I'm not talking about like, I know Jen, how you like the candles lit and the glass of wine and that is great. And everyone I'm sure loves that. But if there's no time for that, or that's just not in the cards for whatever reason, I think just like a little, maybe it's a certain look or a certain touch or, um, you know, a little something to sort of set the vibe. Like this is about to happen type of a thing, because then you can kind of get yourself there a little bit before it actually starts happening or if for whatever reason it happens out of nowhere maybe there's a way to sort of like close the loop after the actual act maybe it's just like laying there for a minute or it doesn't need to take a bunch of time but just like sort of segueing into the next section without just like slamming the door and moving on to like cooking dinner <laughs> it's just a different way to sort of feel connected and extend the connection other than obviously just sex. And that could be something that you really look forward to. So don't forget to include that sometimes. And that also kind of goes right, speaking of segue, into cuddling. That is – A huge thing. So, cuddling and providing touch and affection in a nurturing way is definitely a way to connect. It doesn't always need to lead to sex. Cuddling and just a hug out of nowhere or, you know, scooting next to each other on the couch, like that is a great way to connect. Holding hands. If you're next to each other, put your hand on someone's leg. Like, it's just a way to show you're there. You feel that person's touch, you're touching them. And sometimes there's like a little energy you feel when you do something like that. So that's always, don't like sleep on that guys, cuddling or touching. It's like not just whatever, like make an effort to put that in there. If you're not doing it, be conscious of it because it does help. And you can even take your partner's hand and like put it on your leg or whatever. I'm like, they're not going to shy away from that. So, you know, just add it in when you can.
0: Yeah. And I think it's something we do quite often. If we know we don't have the energy for sex, we make sure to cuddle. We want to like touch each other in some way and like feel that connection. So it goes a long way. You don't also want to like skip sex forever and only cuddle. That's not like what the goal of this list is, but it's more so like, you know, How do you fill the gaps just to stay connected so that you don't go long periods of time essentially becoming just like roommates or friends, you know, so you don't, you don't cuddle with all your friends. So layer some of that in wherever possible, but on the side of, you know, what else you can do that's not physical necessarily when you connect and talk about um, certain pains you've had in your past or really open up and become vulnerable, share insecurities our triggers, all of the things that make you who you are today, and also might clue them into some things that might set you off in the future. Opening up in general and revealing who you truly are is a form of intimacy because you, we all, you know, have best friends and things like that, but you don't, unless you're in a certain kind of community, have multiple boyfriends or husbands. And so What's different? Yeah, that habits? was
1: so inclusive of you. Unless you're no. in a combine
0: or a cult, I hey, just want to open it up to everybody. Not touching. Know?
1: Hey, not hey, touching.
0: You might be part of that group, but I don't know why you're listening to this podcast then. But <laughs> this is pretty, pretty straight and narrow. But um if you're in a cult, that's what the girls from My Favorite Murder
1: say. Definitely, they, if yeah. you're in a cult, this could help you. Maybe. Totally.
0: So the thing about the like, you know, picking one person and finding your other half, if you will, even though we don't really believe in that, but finding the person that complements your life along the way, if you will. They are in a very unique role. It's very specific. It's very special. It's one person, one spot. You know, the, there's one opening and it's filled by one person. So the reason it's so intimate is because they're the only person that potentially knows that about you. Of course, though, we know with our significant other, we reveal all of this stuff, but most likely our best friends do know that too. But this is the person you're also physical with. So that's what makes this person and their role unique. So fill them in on all the things that make you, you, they're also like your rock, you know, and you lean on those people and that's, that's a form of intimacy too. So you can only lean on somebody who knows where to catch you when you fall.
1: Yeah. The pains in your past. I know this doesn't sound like intimate in a way that you are thinking probably just straight off the bat, like, okay, I mean, if you're looking for ways to connect, that might kind of make you hole up or feel walled off or feel anxious or other things that you wouldn't necessarily connect with the word intimacy. But if you really think about sharing pains in your past, like, and how it affects you, that is really letting your partner into who you really are. And um, letting them be there for you and creating connection and support through those things. And while it doesn't sound like all lovey-dovey, it will create that. They could be there for you. They could hug you. They can relate with you. They can open up and say, hey, that happened to me too. Like all of those things will create intimacy because you're trusting that person with your like deep dark secrets essentially. So, um, it might not initially sound intimate, but it will create connection and intimacy and don't be afraid to do it. And if you're in a relationship where you don't feel safe doing that, that's a bigger issue. Um, also giving non-physical compliments about someone's character or strengths is like, a very great way to get intimate. Now, obviously you can tell your partner that you physically like the way they look and that may be directly connected to like the start of something physically intimate like sex. But if you just on a daily basis want to be like, you did a great job with that thing, or I like the way you cook that meal or
0: So you love to talk about emptying the dishwasher, don't you? Or what is it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's my thing. Thanks for emptying the dishwasher so handsomely. I don't know. But like, (laughs) don't also sleep on those things because I think maybe a lot of people get caught up in like compliments and it seems like it should be like a physical thing if you're talking about like a romantic partner, but they can go deeper than that. Like you would probably want to hear encouraging, like positive comments, throughout the day about what you're doing and in relation to yourself or to your partner so don't forget to just throw those things in there it takes two seconds and when you're thinking i'm just say it sometimes you just think things and you don't like vocalize it because oh they know i say that to them all the time no just do it like do you ask yourself do i care if someone tells me all the time something good probably
0: not no there's no shortage of that. I mean, please like lay it on, not in a like disingenuous kind of way, of course, but in like a, you notice something amazing about them and you vocalize it. So they know that you see it in them. And I think that's just kind of like an appreciation circle, if you will, to call these things out and continuously show love. Um, You know, not everybody is words of affirmation, but if it's not something you're normally accustomed to or doesn't feel comfortable to you, just practice. Try something because, you know, even if it's like you said, you know, the opening or emptying the dishwasher handsomely or in Daniel's case, like he's the one who cooks for us for every meal basically. So he loves that I love his food and I love to tell him I love his food because I want to keep eating it and I want him to know that he's doing great. So, You know, same thing that he does with me, of like whatever I do, he like compliments how I put together the house or how I make the house a home or how I plan things or take care of the animals. And it's not really like household chores. And I think, you know, it can be because that kind of makes the chores a little sexier when somebody thinks it's cute when you do a thing, but really honing in on who the other person is and the strengths we each bring to the table.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you also need to, obviously, if it's something that bothers you, don't lie about it. But if it's something that you know the person has worked hard on and it's not necessarily even something that might totally interest you or you could be a little bit indifferent about, you can still compliment them on something that they're doing or a strength that they're doing just for them and their own for them to hear. Right. Like I love when you or like, I think it's, you did a great job hanging that picture that like, you don't even care if it's hung on the wall, like who cares, but it's still like you appreciate their effort and you want them to know that they did a great job. So it doesn't always have to like necessarily like matter to you as long as it doesn't bother you and you're not lying about it.
0: Just make sure you're, you know, there's not non-physical
1: compliments going on.
0: We all know love is complicated, and sex can add its own complexity to the mix, which is why we're always on the hunt for ways to better our relationships.
1: And we are excited to tell you about Love Shop, a marketplace with a huge variety of high-quality sex toys that makes the world of sexy time a bit more lovely.
0: Love Shop is passionate about destigmatizing and normalizing sex and the conversation around it, and has been around for over 20 years. To make things easier, they offer free
1: shipping on all orders over $69, wink, wink. And in the event that the delivery person hasn't gotten the normalcy memo yet, they ship discreetly within two to four
0: days across North America. Head to loveshoptoys.com slash it's complicated and enter code it's complicated to save 20% off almost all regular price products. And stay up to speed on all Love
1: Shop's amazing products by following them at Love Shop Toys on Instagram because life's too short for bad sex.
0: And then on the subject of sex, again, the actual act of sex, talking about it is also intimate because you it, it puts that vision of you guys in the act back in your minds, you know, and you can connect on that experience. That's something only you two, in theory, unless you're in that cult we talked about, do together. So. You can talk about what's going well, desires, new ideas. It kind of even like bleeds into dreaming together a bit because you can talk about fantasies. You can talk about, you know, you're going on a trip and where you'd want to have sex or you're excited, which countries I'm speaking very specifically for me because we're going away and we're going to different countries. So I, you know, there's a bathtub maybe in our future. I don't know guys, but to be able to talk about it is really intimate because it's something that's very special to you too. And that's where you can also like have fun with it and be cheeky about the whole thing and talk about things maybe you haven't done or that one time you did that thing that you want to recreate or do again. And it, the memories are a lot of fun and an intimate experience in, you know, in and of themselves.
1: And Sex with Emily, who we love and you all should follow as well, has said in the past, don't talk about sex while you're having sex. So you talk about it before or after. So you could, I mean, obviously if you talk during sex, you could be saying, yeah, I like that or whatever, but like you don't want to like get really into some deep conversation about it. So it is a great way to connect before or after. It doesn't have to lead to sex, but it can. If you talk about something you like from before or something that you want to do that you haven't tried before, then the next time there's no pressure. Like, okay, remember that conversation? Somebody goes to do that thing. It's not out of the blue. It's like, oh yeah, we talked about this. This is great. Oh, he listened to me. I listened to him. Like this is a great way to kind of set the mood for a future experience. And it sort of like takes the pressure off. Like, Next time we're gonna try it. It's not gonna be the same old routine sex. It's like a great <laughs> way to connect, and the thought of sex without having it is a connection too. So it's a it's great in like a lot of different ways. Yeah, you guys. Also, do not forget always, and we keep bringing this up in each of these topics that we're talking about. You have to show up as your authentic self, like obviously don't lie about things that you are going to compliment somebody on or, or lie about things that you or not be honest about things that you want to talk about when talking about sex, right? So you need to show up as your authentic self. You also need to know it is safe to do so. And this is a twofold topic because you have to create a safe place for your partner and you have to feel safe as the other part of the partnership. So this is like a double, double-sided double one, right? Because it takes two people to make this one work. So obviously, you need to be in a safe relationship. Both of you need to feel safe sharing these things with each other and knowing that it's a safe place to be really you. That's like when you're dreaming together, like trusting each other with vulnerable vulnerabilities or insecurities, like all of these points need this one. It sounds like a general topic, but they all need this point to work. Everybody yeah. needs to show up as their authentic self and they all need to feel safe doing so.
0: I often find it very strange when I'll be like doing the most absurd thing or I'll be saying something that's very gen. Like Rob used he usually likes to call them like Jenisms and I'm being like a kooky gen. And talking about my laundry list of things, or I'm really hyper focused on something or passionate about something that's like very nerdy, or I put together a PowerPoint for our new home, and or whatever the case may be, I'm really excited about the animals, or I'm fluffing a pillow. Daniel will look at me and just out of nowhere, like say how cute I am to him in his eyes. I think I look like a treasure troll that like surfaced from the dark depths of some cave but he thinks it's super cute and like in that moment it is super intimate when he tells me that he thinks I'm cute because it like stops me in my tracks and I'm just like being me being a weirdo and the fact that he finds it cute is our connection it's like the truest example of our connection because like that's why we pick people because we're attracted to certain things in them you know they often say you should find somebody who is your same kind of weird or who compliments you're crazy or what have you. In those moments, those are the ones where I'm like, ah, you're my partner because I don't think a single other person in this world will find that cute about me. So thank yeah. you. I love you for loving me.
1: <laughs> and that is great. And also like, it could look like this too. Like I... I'm like very specific the way I talk to animals or kids, and and it's or <laughs> yes. and James likes to like laugh when I do it right, and so I'll even take it a step further and be like, I call him like Daddy or Dad Dad because that's what my kids call him. So I'm like Dad Dad, make fun of me, and he'll be like, like what? I'm like, okay, like what do I say when? it's time to feed Austin or something. And he'll like say what I normally say and like laugh about it because I think it's funny when he imitates me because I know <laughs> he thinks it's funny and cute. So I like yeah. even make him do it because then, and then it gets us both laughing and he's like, you're crazy or whatever he says to me. But it's like, he thinks it's funny. And that's like me being super, all my best friends know that like, I have weird nicknames for everybody and I have like my own language with words and things that like, I changed the, the, English language on the daily. Hey, please, please tell everybody what you call socks. Mockleys. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> I even have an evolution of how the word was created anyway. So it's like an intimate part of me and who I am and he thinks it's funny and cute. So yeah. It, and I make him like imitate me and make fun if you will. So it's like definitely a safe place because that's me being me and he is making me feel safe. Letting me just like say the stupid things that I say. Um yeah. Also, you know what another one on this list is that really jumped out of me? And it sounds very lame, but it's actually not. Relaxing together on the couch after a long day. This no. could be relaxing anywhere, but we definitely do that. But I will say, because like the kids go to bed and it's like, okay – we'll eat dinner and like sit on the couch and watch TV before we fall asleep in 30 minutes because we're both dead tired. But it's a nice like moment for just us, even though we're just sitting together. I will say though, sometimes we like gravitate towards ends of the couch, because like the pillows are there. or That's how we're going to lay. But I think it would be helpful for us to like, also include the other bullet point of cuddling in this because sometimes we're like away from each other kind of not on purpose, but it's just the way we end up Laying, but I think it would make sense if you're going to do this to also like add in the cuddling physical touch thing because it is a way to do a couple of them at once. And we're not the best at doing that all the time. So I think that I'm going to make a, a point to try that.
0: Okay. Well, I have a tip to pile on to that one. So if you're like over being cuddled for the day or you're like, I kind of need personal space, but I also want to connect with him, we hold hands on the couch, we'll sit apart so that we have like comfortable spaces for each of us. Like we know which pillows we like. It's like indented in the couch at this point, <laughs> our spots. And then the animals file into, but Um, we will hold hands at some point or like connect in some way or for a minute we'll hold hands. Then we'll go back to, you know, doing whatever, holding our own drink or changing the channel, whatever, and then go back to holding hands. So the hands are the connection because it's not always so comfortable to like lean over on the couch. It's not like a bed where you're laying flat. The couch is a little bit differently shaped unless you have like a great chaise, but you know, we all work with what we can. So our compromise is holding hands and we'll do that sometimes in the car too. I think the one trap you kind of get into on the couch though is if everybody's got their devices and you're sitting separately on the couch, you're doing your own thing, you're multitasking. So you're not necessarily connecting and you're even more so disconnected from each other when you're connecting on other devices with other activities. So you might feel like you're together, but you're really not because you're doing different things. But if that's your only opportunity to be together and it's in the same room while multitasking, then you have to make it work too. But I'm sure, you know, we do what we can and the couch can be a source of connection because you can watch things together, you can come you can have conversations there, you can wine and dine on the couch, you can cuddle, you can hold hands. You can work at the same time, but being in each other's presence. So it really just matters based on you know how you approach the couch and the time you have with each does, other, what, what, what you can afford.
1: Does shoving your foot into your partner's hand and then wiggling your foot around <laughs> to activate their hand to then start massaging your foot, does that count? Because I think that's connection, no?
0: Maybe I not. totally think that's connection definitely works for me. I highly recommend you doing that to James any chance you can and yeah, that he I, actually pick up what you're putting down. I definitely do.
1: Don't worry. Don't get yourself in a tizzy. It happens. Um <laughs> this next one, I is actually my favorite one even though it's not that like fun, if you will. Staying safe for each other while having hard conversations. Um I think that is so important because having a hard conversation often leads to like defensiveness. And I think that people should, I don't know exactly how to do this. I just think it's good to like, keep it in mind. Like you would want someone to make you feel safe when you're having a hard conversation. And I'm talking like Maybe you need to tell them something that really bothered you that they did. Maybe something about them or somebody close to them has bothered you and it's going to definitely upset them to hear. Um, I think that remembering that you want them to feel safe may help you deliver the words that you're about to say in a like less harmful or defensive way, causing them to feel defensive. Just keeping this in mind, I think is a start. So I feel like this is a very important one because it allows you to feel totally vulnerable and intimate, knowing that your partner is there making you feel safe and the reverse will happen in return when the roles are flipped.
0: Yeah. Like nobody wants to feel like, oh, if I deliver some news, there is a chance that the person is not going to like it so much they might even leave or they're going to judge me or whatever, because that's then when people shut down and don't act as their authentic self because they're afraid of the repercussions. And I think we often have seen in our own lives, other people's relationships where they don't have the, the real and true conversations Um, for example, you know, maybe even one person is feeling insecure about the relationship and wants it to become more serious or get some validation and clarity as to where you're at and the direction you're going in. Like often girls wanna be the cool girl and not talk about the future and and where the next steps are going. So they don't, they hide that and then because they're scared the other person might leave. And then ultimately the relationship either goes on aimlessly with no goals and no direction or they break up anyway. So like, wouldn't it make more sense to just have the hard conversations? So it's really though about everybody creating that safe space so people can have them. And and giving those like cues, very obvious cues as to how it is safe, you know, and, well, you and even, what you also need from somebody.
1: Yeah. You can even say, hey, I want to talk to you about something, but I want you to feel safe When I deliver this message that I'm not, you know, that angry or I'm not judging you or I'm not going to leave or I'm still here for you or vice versa, even just saying that, um, or how can I make you feel safe when I'm telling you what would help you feel safe when I'm, I'm telling you things like this, um, could even be a way in because it could be different. Mm -hmm. Safe is different for everybody. So, and you don't definitely don't want to avoid having conversations because you want to like avoid a fight too. Cause that's just going to like build up and create resentment. So you want to make sure, even if it's like a little thing that you're like, Oh, we're going to start bickering about this. I don't even want to bring it up. Just forget it. Like try to make the situation feel safe so that you don't, have those moments of avoiding fight so that you don't like, you know, bring something up that you need or want. Like that's not good either. Even though it might feel little at the time, it can end up being like snowballing into something bigger.
0: On a lighter note, there are a lot of other ways too that you can stay connected and feel that intimacy, even like if you're not physically together. For example, sending texts, like, okay, you could go the sending nudes route or some flirty, sexy thing, or you could give a simple, you're on my mind and I can't wait to see you. Because what these all do is they signal to the other person, you are connected throughout the day. They're thinking of you. You, you know, can't wait to see them. They are on your mind. So who doesn't love hearing that somebody you care about is crossing your radar, you know, and, and pops into your thoughts throughout the day. It's a symbol that you're important to them, you know? So I think sending those never hurts. Sometimes like Daniel and I will send little hearts throughout the day, just out of the blue. And I'll be like, oh wow, there he is. Like, I didn't even realize I've been, you know, in meetings all day and time has flown and I haven't even said a word to him in the last four hours. So even receiving or sending the, the little heart or just something like a, can't wait to see you tonight. Or this is what I'm making for dinner. Sound good. Or, you know, I've sent you a calendar invite this weekend's date night. Um, All of those are just really awesome and are exciting. And I think those create the butterflies. You know, when people say you lose the butterflies throughout the relationship, it's it's keeping the cutesy things that feel really natural to your relationship.
1: Yeah. It's a very easy, quick and simple way to stay connected when you're not physically together. So Again, keep that one in mind. And finally, working together to solve problems and collaborating on solutions is a great way to connect. You are on the same team. We talk about this all the time. It is not keeping score. You guys need to work together. It's hard. Try to just remember when there's an issue, like when there's a fight or a disagreement, like how can you solve this problem together? How can you come up with a solution so that the next time it's different? Maybe it's not going to be fixed the first, second, third time, but talk about it openly and say, how can we make this different? We use the word we, how can we make this different next time? How can we solve this problem together? What works for both of us? Language like that promotes that kind of like safe feeling we're talking about. And it does help make the other person feel included. You're part of a team, you're on the same team, and you're definitely not keeping score. So keep those things in mind.
0: Yeah. And while you're keeping things in mind, you guys, please keep in mind it's complicated and tune in each week as we talk about more dating and relationship stuff just like this. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, share the show with a friend. And if you want to join the class of master daters, which we know you do, don't forget to follow us on social media at complicated show. And you can also find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds.
1: And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds as well. And guys, after this show, you're definitely going to be a master dater because that was like a really hardcore lesson on keeping it intimate without sex. So you're welcome.
0: You are welcome, and obviously we'll be back with our very, very missed counterpart, Rob, to hear all about his gallivanting on his trip, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.